Hey, didn't notice you there. It's me, Hal. Thanks for listening to Tights and Fights. If you enjoy the show, we'd love it if you left us a five-star iTunes review. Like this one from Joan, 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 Joanne, who says she's just getting into wrestling and thinks we provide the perfect mix of fun conversations, but we're still accessible to newbies. Well, thank you for that, Joan, 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 Joanne. Help spread the love and good word about the show. Go to iTunes and hit those fives. Now... On to the show. Tights and Fights Podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. There's a guy named Hal and there's Danielle and this guy Mike Eagle is there as well. Tights and Fights Podcast. Tights and Waiting so long. It's been a whole week, and your patience is about to be rewarded because Tights and Fights is about to start. Hold on. Just another week, and another week. <laughs> Just imagine a calendar with all the pages falling off of it. That's how long the wait is, and unfortunately, it's not going to be worth it. But anyway, welcome to Tights and Fights, <laughs> oh, the boy. show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I'm Hal Lovelin, the man who hopes to gain the friendship of Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens. I'm joined by my fellow members of the Nation of Conversation, the Emerald City Savior, Danielle Radford. Hello! And the Emperor of the Day After Tomorrow, Hello, Mike Eagle. All right. Yeah. Let me tell you something I just learned about Australian accents. Please right? tell me. I don't know if they can be sexy in my mind because I figure <laughs> whoever's talking like that, it sounds like they're just eating an overcooked steak, too. Yeah. Oh, like, oh, like when they go like, leather. It's just, yeah, it's just, ugh. I can't, mm. I can't marry that with hotness. Yeah, well, because no one's hot that orders a well-done steak. Right. Yeah. It's just, you just can't be hot. That's the least attractive thing that you can do. Can <laughs> you oh, burn my meat beyond recognition? <laughs> I want to. I would have to use crab, uh, crab claw cracker to eat <laughs> this porterhouse. Shame on you. Get it done medium at most, but get it done medium rare. That's where you're supposed to have it. Anyway, coming up on this week's show, food corner, <laughs> food corner, yeah, where we talk about the concessions available at arenas all around the world. Did you know in Denmark you can have a waffle with your wrestling? <laughs> I don't, that can't be true. And I want one of them wrestling waffles. <laughs> oh, man. They weren't as popular as the ice cream bar, so it's hard to jam an Andre the Giant into the toaster. Oh, man. I'm only half done, Bobby. <laughs> Finish me. You got to cover me with syrup. <laughs> Coming up on this week's show. Oh, man. A Samoan Joe versus Samoa Joe. A realigned ascension. The king of controversies, and a lot more. But first, this was kind of a quiet week in wrestling so far. We had the go-home show of SmackDown before Elimination Chamber on Sunday. Uh, we're going to get into the specifics of each show in a minute. Uh, but, Danielle, is there anything in particular that got your attention this week? I think we're going to talk about it later. I don't know if I will say that it stood out, but just for me, it was kind of fun watching the complete totes divesification of Natty and Nikki Bella's feud. <laughs> that was fun. 
Because they, it even looks like they put them in those little like confessional things. Yeah. Mm. Which is funny because they were responding to each other. So the whole time I'm like, are they in the same room or are they right next to each other? But like right. responding to each other into the camera. Because they're obviously, they have to be in the same room. I was real Probably. disappointed that, that Nikki didn't walk off and then appear on Maddie's screen. Right. Oh, that would be great. That's what I expected. And then they waited until Talking Smack. Once again, man, give Hal the book. Get Great table bump, book, though. Man. Great table bump on That bump smack. was <laughs> nuts. Did you see that bump, did you? No. Oh, my God. Yo. Yo. I gotta go. Nikki, Nikki, took, <laughs> Nikki took a bump so ugly, I had to rewind it a no, couple times. No, she can't. Like, but that's not... the thing is, like, it was just, it was just that they worked it that well. Because okay. it wasn't really... Uh, an awful bump that yeah. just made it look great. Yeah, she oh got her hand. I had to check God. every yeah. time I watched it. I was like, she did get her hand up, right? Yeah. She got her hand up. And then they bring out Cena. Like, they went to it more times than Saturday Night Live went to the footage of Buckwheat being shot outside of 30 <laughs> Rock. It was just over and over again. They're like, John, did you uh, hear what happened? He's like, no. But they show it. That was and weird he, to me. He's like, like it, yeah, it's a really weird moment yeah. of. Uh, well, uh, Nikki is a strong, independent woman. She fights yeah, her own fights. Not it was like really kind of weird. Like, was, he, was he Splayed and John Cena? Because Splayed and John Cena is my favorite John Cena. Is, uh, I think we've th- all... That adjective again is what? Splainin' John Cena. Splainin'? Is that what you... Ah, okay. (laughs) Is that where it's like, Nicole, you know that there is... Yeah, yeah. It was like... Because it it honestly gave me a little peek into that weirdness you tell me about with him (laughs) and Total (laughs) Divas. Because it was weird. I missed that. I didn't get to catch all of it. For him to sit there and be Ah, basically like kind of no-selling Nikki being hurt and kind of weirdly acknowledging it and, and... I don't know. It was weird, man. It it it's a different Cena than the Cena that's that's never give up. He runs faster for a Make a Wish kid than he does for <laughs> Nikki Bell. <laughs> All right, let's let's move uh, in uh, specifically on Raw, where Samoa Joe officially signed his Raw contract after a promo explaining his intentions. Let's go to a clip. I'm putting your whole locker room on notice. I will come out here night after night. I will beat down your heroes. I will choke them out. And then when they wake up, I will beat them down all over again. Because the destroyer has arrived. And there is nothing you can do about it. He was interrupted, though, by another Samoan. You're out here talking real tough, making a lot of threats, Joe. I figured I'm out here now. Why don't you threaten me? Matter of fact, I don't think we ever met before. My name's Roman Reigns. And I'm the baddest man to step foot in the WWE. So the moment you sign that contract, that means you're in my yard. Is he dropping all of his consonants? Is yeah. that what he's doing? That's he it, it's, it's hip. It's hip. Uh, so they, they main evented Raw. They had a really good match. Do you guys think that that was the right debut? Like, you can't bring in... You can't bring in Samoa Joe and have him take out Seth Rollins and then put him in a match against, like, Jack Gallagher. Right. Yeah. You have to bring him in big guns. Yeah. Do you think they blew the Samoan versus Samoan thing? I think there's an angle there I that we he... talked about before that they, that they sort of went, like, well, let's give him the biggest possible match instead of putting him in. Like, was this, Who else could you put him in against, though? That's what I was wondering, too. I don't think there's really any strong candidates because whoever it is, I mean— He's got to go over, and that's and it's like you said. If you put him against a cruiserweight, if you even put him against like a Sami Zayn, like you're really just doing more damage to that other 
character then you are getting joe over because he needs yeah. to be positioned with other main eventers so i feel yep. like the way it went was great really i mean yeah i liked it do, yeah. do you think though that he would have benefited by going against somebody who is more of a pure baby face yes. because roman gets the, the mixed reaction they were cheering him even before roman came out Definitely. although roman got it was it's always mixed with him, but I felt like he got more pops than heat. And I do think that people just wanted to watch Samoa Joe and a Samoan Joe throw hands. <laughs> yes, I'm, I think that that's just a thing that they wanted. And I I do think there is still something about that Samoan angle that we've talked about. How yeah. like he's not one of the family. Yeah. Um, but I think that like. Both of those dudes are going to be around long enough that you can get to yeah. that. I'm okay that they're not doing it right now. There's so much else that's going on, I think, with the road and the fact that it looks like Seth Rollins might be back. Yeah, it sounds that like I don't want them be. to pull the trigger on that unless they can actually really do something with it. And it does it does give a little gasoline on the fire for him to say, "I've already pinned you once. Mm. I've already beaten you. I'm not a member of your dumb family." He you started off against The Rock <laughs> at WrestleMania. Give him promo time if he doesn't have a match. I mean. It, it, you don't invite me to any of the cookouts. Tons of stuff you could do. I'm never invited to the holidays. <laughs> uh, but talking of unstoppable monsters, Braun Strowman had a four-on-one squash match, which normally wouldn't be that big of a deal. But Danielle, you know somebody in this match. Yay! Can I guess which one it was? I tweeted about it, but yes. I didn't see your tweet. Oh, that's cute. I do follow you, though. <laughs> like this, You're doing like a follow check. It's true. Look right now. You definitely is have it, me on mute. But that's is, it, is it the guy with the weird blonde hair? It was the. It's the guy in the green shorts. I don't remember any of those guys. Which one was the guy in the green shorts? Mr. Fitness. He was oh. one of the guys that got beaten up. He was. The, he wasn't the one who ran away. One guy ran away. No, he wasn't the guy that ran away. Um, but yeah, no, that was my friend. That was my friend. Um, from back home, Taylor. Congratulations, Taylor. Congratulations. Did you write him afterwards to say great job? Um, I think I like tweeted about it, right. but like his wall was so full of like. Taylor, I remember the first time I ever saw you wrestle and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I didn't want to be. Plus, I have. I was going to put him over on the podcast. So now I've said it. This was my thing. <laughs> this was me telling my friend how much I love him. Because I love this is how. Any opportunity you have to say the words Mr. Fitness. Yeah. Isn't that is it the such greatest a, name ever. It's a really good. I love the. Like, I get the gimmick right away. He's a yeah. heel, right? Yeah. Mr. Yeah. Fitness. He's a heel. So great. Yeah. It's a great gimmick. I, don't know. I love <laughs> him. I don't even know. And he's, a, and he's about handsome. It. He's a handsome boy. Yeah. So, like. He's a baby face in my heart because mm-hmm. that name is just great. <laughs> Anything for a good Go name. ahead, Mr. Fitness. <laughs> uh, so the card for Raw's next pay-per-view, Fastlane, took shape real quickly. Life in the Fastlane. Don't got to lose your mind. Life in the Fastlane. Gonna set 900 matches one night. <laughs> so, uh. <laughs> so you got Braun Strowman versus Reigns, which is a matchup that... Uh, it has been coming since he interrupted the Universal title match at Royal Rumble, so it makes sense to tide him over. Probably we'll see The Undertaker at Fastlane. And, of course, uh, more interesting to me is Goldberg versus Kevin Owens for the Universal title. So there are two scenarios to this match. Goldberg beats Owens and then drops the title to Lesnar at WrestleMania because he's not going to stick around. You know, he's going to go hang out in his garage and do kickboxing with his with his kid. He's going to go do dad stuff. And the other thing is Owens retains, and then the match between him and Jericho becomes a title match. So w- which of those is more appealing to you? I don't want to see him drop the title to Goldberg at all. No? I just don't see what good that does. I don't either, but he's going to. Yeah. Do you think that gives the title more prestige than it's had? Because they haven't booked Kevin Owens strong. He's had a long run, but not—and look, it's always—it's odd— 
and Jericho said this, I think, not uh, like two times ago when he had Owens on. He's like, heels are supposed to cheat to win. Right. You're not supposed to be booked strong right. all the time. However, there is a point at which somebody doesn't look like a credible champion because all they do is lose. And, and, and you had a, even as a heel, he came in so hot, like we always talk yeah. about against Cena, and he looked tough. And, he, and at, at one point, he looked like a viable contender for Brock Lesnar just as yeah. a fighting guy. But now, yeah, he looks, you know, he's taking a sniveling heel role and hiding behind Jericho all the time. And I think it has made him look a little weaker, which is the opposite of what you should be doing once you give somebody the belt. Yeah, he's no longer fight Owens fight. He's fwend Owens fwend, which I'm always still down for. But like he's not he came in and he was like he was a heel. But like his cheating to win is just like, oh, I'm just going to fuck up all my friends. It wasn't like I'm going to have my best friend fuck you up. Yeah, he's a chicken shit now. Yeah. So. I, I, I don't mind the idea of him dropping it if it gives him a chance to kind of rebuild himself. I just don't want it to be to someone who ain't going to be around in three months. That's the problem with having that goldberg uh, Lesnar match be for the title is that, you know, as especially as smarkier fans like us, that's all we're thinking about. It's like, which one of these jokers who's not going to be around is going to get the belt now? You right. Know, it's really, it's a weird situation emotionally, like where you feel like, and, and Jericho, I think, is on the way out again, too, at least for a while. Yep. But um, I'm always, you know, I always feel better about the title when somebody's holding and it's going to be around for a while. I mean, ultimately, I mean, Finn Balor's going to come back. Is they going to have mm-hmm. him wrestling Lesnar? <laughs> Is that what right. they're going to do? Like, actually, I don't. You know, if he, if he were to drop it to Goldberg, Lesnar gets it. Lesnar actually stays around and does more dates because UFC won't have him anymore. Yeah. For at least a while. I don't mind that as much. But, of course, I don't know if that's going to be what happens until later. So at the time, I'll be like, boo that ass. Like, I don't like it. And who's next for Lesnar to face? He doesn't have a viable contender. Like, who's he going to knock down a couple pegs on the roster next? He's gotten a lot of his heat and dominance taken away in this Goldberg feud. Right. Mm. And I feel like their match is going to be probably competitive. Um, Then I feel like they're going to have to book Lesnar strong again coming out of that. Yeah. yeah, of course. They so are. you know, I, yeah, don't, the, I don't, I don't know who they pair him up with. He's got to get a decisive win back on on WrestleMania. That's going to be his his sort of. And uh, it's weird because the heel is going to be getting the comeuppance. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> at WrestleMania, like if Goldberg beats him again, it's like, why do we do this? Yeah, he's got. <laughs> what, what was the whole point of this? Right, money, man. That's the whole point of all of it. If if it makes some more money, great. Uh, if it leaves us scratching our heads, I'm not sure if that's what they, you know, what the plan was. I think as long as they have one, they don't care if the other happens. All right. Hey. <laughs> They can always wipe the slate clean, you know. There's yeah. always next WrestleMania. That's right. Uh, let's move over to SmackDown for a second. So this Sunday is the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, uh, and they've been building towards it pretty well. Uh, but the show started off with a fatal four-way match between AJ Styles, Dean Ambrose, Baron Corbin, and The Miz. So Corbin picked up the victory after pinning Styles with the end of days. So are all of their stars looking good? Because one of those things, if you... To, to really create the illusion of a good match with multiple people, you have to believe that any one of them could win. That's, that's the perfect scenario. Do you think they've done that with this collection of superstars? I felt like that match, uh, especially before it started when they're all in the rain doing promos, I'm like, hey, uh, any one of these guys, you yeah. know? I mean, and not, I would say The Miz maybe less so, but only because he's a little bit far removed from his last uh, Intercontinental uh, when he's so much stronger when he's got that belt over mm. his shoulder. Yeah. But still, he's been such a compelling character over the last year. I feel like he's in a great position to win just as any any of those other guys are. I actually felt like the match, and especially having AJ lose, I feel like it took him down a peg 
And I thought it was kind of unnecessary. I felt like you could have booked another singles match or something between these guys and fill up that time. I don't. I didn't like uh, the structure of the match calling for all of them to be together and have Corbin going over AJ. Corbin already looks strong. I feel like Corbin could win any match he's in already. So I don't you, know if you got to put him over AJ. You don't like Corbin going over AJ. What about you, Daniel? Um, and it's crazy because I've actually been, I think that you were the one um, a little while ago who was like, really like zeroing in on how much you like Corbin and the work that Corbin's doing. So I've been paying attention to like Corbin more. And like, I would say for the first time since ever, I've been like, Corbin's actually like, he's in this. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like he's in it. Yeah. Um, I didn't get to see him finish, but ah. <laughs> well, you you know it's, it's I know, but like the the I, I he wore a really weird vest on the way to the ring. Yeah. Really? It was, Is he still doing the fashion corner? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, <laughs> no, it was a different. This is some weird vest. They're like straps in the back. I don't mm. know, like some weird thing you hang from the ceiling from or something. I, oh, he some, gets it. He goes to Sanity's yard sales yes. and picks up his jackets <laughs> from them, or the other way around. That's where they get their stuff. They definitely look pair of weird military. I I didn't I didn't get that. He's but. like, do you have something in uh, in Ty Dillinger's size? <laughs> I need it for takeover. <laughs> Just make sure it covers my belly button. Yeah. Oh. Weird belly. I don't like. I don't like getting the tweets. I can't talk about weird bellies. I wish I could. I wish no, no. I you can probably talk about weird belly buttons. The, yeah, it's mm. really more of a the. And again, you know where I stand. But really, the issue it seems to be that people have corrected me on is that it's not the belly; it's the button. Yeah, the button it's is the button. more the of a. It's problem. more of a trench. Because it because it looks because because he's one of yeah, those but you guys. You could eat stuff out of it he's, if you were that kind, if you were mm-hmm. sex and food person. You could eat stuff out of it. But oh, yeah. it's just, I am not. The but. problem is that he's an imposing figure. Other than when he has his shirt off, and his nipples look like eyes. Yeah. <laughs> and his belly button looks like a sad mouth. <laughs> it's really hard not to see that. It just it, it I feel like his tummy is just like reinforcing the way that he feels all the time. <laughs> he's got a mood tummy. Yeah, he's, he's got, got a, a double, mood tummy. He's got a good double pout going all the time. Like maybe maybe one day if he was happy, you know, off uh, in a corner at the performance center eating his burrito bowl, being left alone, the tummy just turns into a smile. Oh. It starts glowing. Tummy, tummy <laughs> happy. <laughs> happy. Well, uh, speaking of former dominant NXT people notching wins, the Ascension won, uh, won an eight- Team match <laughs> in preparation for the tag team turmoil championship match uh, this Sunday at Elimination Chamber. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> look, I I like every single team in the tag down in the SmackDown tag division. Tag down in the tag, tag down. down. We're talking tag down Smack division. <laughs> it's my new <laughs> EWW, my new federation. It's all mixed up. <laughs> Don't make fun of it. It's EWW. gonna. I'm gonna be poor. Because it's all backwards. Um, <laughs> I like that, the EW. Like, I love all of the tag teams in the division. I like the Ascension a lot. They are like two ice cubes right now in terms of the crowd does not react to them. You mean like two gangster rappers? Is that what you mean? Two gangster yes. rappers that take their family on vacations yeah. all the time? They're going to drop knowledge right about now. Mm, right. No, because if they were two ice cubes <laughs> and they revealed that they had just shaved off their jerry curl, that audience would pop. I, they I would agree. go crazy. But I like. Agree. Does the wind really do any? Is it too little, too late? Does it seem like there are any credit? Even the Usos who are on the shelf, and and uh, like, who's the credible challenger to these titles? I mean, I think the problem with what happened with the Ascension. First of all, um, I feel like they've had a bunch of tag team tornado turmoil matches in the last like month. Mm-hmm. Like just all of them are in the ring beating each other up. Yeah. 
And that kind of waters down everything. And I feel like what you, what they need to do, if they're actually serious about building up the ascension, then <laughs> they have to put them in a program. They have to yeah. put them in opposition to somebody, have them go over in a way that allows people to get behind them or see them as a credible threat. I think what it looks like coming off of SmackDown is kind of like them hot-shotting them into a place. And I'm, I'm not sure that kind of microwave heating is going to work when it's a team that's taken so many L's so far. Nah, man, you got to take it out of five minutes. You got to stir it. <laughs> you got to put it back <laughs> in the microwave. Team Hot Pocket. Yeah. Are, what are your hopes for the for the match this weekend? Like, what 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 is the best possible outcome to you? Who wins? And this is for the titles? <laughs> yeah, I, I have... Uh, this is for the titles. And I think American Alpha has said, we want to start the match. Because usually the champions come out last, so they come somewhere that in the mix. real stupid, Alphas. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I, I think if it's a chance for them to just be dominant and dope the entire time, I get it. But then it's just them destroying the rest. And then yeah. there's no more. Then it's like, why do we have a tag team? I mean, I just, just, I think, we just need those two dudes. I think the Usos are going to steal the titles. I, I hope so. I don't mind that. I, I, so. I, I think either. that's great. I loved... Before the injuries or whatever happened, like they were doing great as heels, where they would yeah. just be like, "Yeah, no, we're not putting on, we're not putting on the day glow for you today." Right. Uh-huh. I'm Jimmy. I'm Jay. I'm punching faces. Right. Like, it was great. <laughs> Kicking <laughs> people in the mouth. Yeah, yeah. really that's hard. Great. <clears throat> I wear the douche hat and I have cornrows. <laughs> right. That's how you tell us apart. <laughs> I'm now. wearing white jeans and it's hella after Labor Day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so heelish. Oh my god! So heelish. Um, well, let's let's move on. There were a lot of promos this week on SmackDown, uh, and in the continuation of uh, the trend of people signing pieces of paper on both shows, uh, there was a double contract signing between Alexa Bliss and uh, and her challenger Naomi and Mickey James and Becky Lynch. Luke Harper delivered his promo from Parts Unknown, and <laughs> Natalia and Nikki Bella reestablished their hatred from each other. Via a side-by-side interview, by which I mean they were in two different rooms. Uh, they were each in a different JCPenney studio getting their <laughs> pictures taken at the time. First of all, I, I loved Luke Harper's promo. I thought it was really good. And I, I feel like I haven't heard him speak a lot when I have. It's always jarring to me that he doesn't have, like, a southern drawl. I like wine. Or, like, whatever. Yeah. 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 <laughs> He's like, have you read the latest Harper's Bazaar? Has <laughs> <laughs> a special about light bulbs like this one I'm looking at. <laughs> but I want to talk about the women's segment in particular. Oh, man. And not not Nikki and Natalia. Yeah. I really loved Mickey James's promo. She's still a little bit stilted in that older way, but everything she said seemed on point. She has a reason to fight. Becky's response, maybe the best promo she's cut since she's been on SmackDown. Alexa Bliss, fantastic all the way through. And then it was Naomi's turn. Oh, my goodness. I know. There is something. So I love her. In, everything she does outside of talking has got so much... Uh, animation and personality, like you get that she's feeling what she's doing. When it comes to those promos, I just don't, I don't buy it as a fan. I don't believe what she's saying, but I want her to be really successful. What? How do you fix that? I don't, he, she reminds me of me when I'm trying to do, like, I have this other gig that I do where sometimes I read off a teleprompter and like, me is me, I feel like I'm kind of engaging. Yeah. I'm funny. People like me. I get in front of that fucking teleprompter, and you got to ask me to talk about, like, fucking James Cameron or some shit, and I'm just like, and today we found out from the Hollywood Reporter that James Cameron, and it's like, I know it, and I care about it, but there's just something about the talking and the lights, so I don't, because she does great on Tote Steve's. Yeah. She does great even in her, like, her, her confessional things on Tote Steve's. Yeah. I don't know if it's like 
just the nerves of talking because she's such a like physical performer. She's been a dancer and everything else that just like the nerves of having to connect. Like, is it like a form of stage fright? You know what it might be? Because she gets enough practice. Yeah, I'm remembering in the team bad days. I don't think it was that bad. You know, just she talked more. She, she was a better more... heel. So maybe that's it. Maybe it's just the baby the f- face kind of talking. It's not really working. The feel the glow doesn't work. Like everything builds to feel the glow. Yeah, that doesn't need to and be said. And then the crowd's yeah. like, oh, I was sitting on these hands the whole time. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> was I supposed to react? Like, and she, but when is that she, where the, is the glow on my yeah. hands? I should look at them. <laughs> when, she enters, when she enters, she gets a pop. In matches, she gets a pop. But it's not happening on the microphone. So, so you either have to like just drop the script and let her speak. And she's either going to sink or swim. And that's Attitude Era 101. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, did she say something like, I'm going to snatch you bald or something like that? Something. Probably. It was, some, it was something. That feels right. It felt very like her spin on what she would say. It felt like she was trying to say something that sounded more natural. But I think yeah. maybe it's just she's not a baby face, you know, like yeah. personality-wise. That might be it. Yeah, it. and it's, it's... They also, I've never heard her say anything that anyone would care about, and that might also be, like, she's not connecting with it. Feel the Glow is a great, like, it's great when she comes out. It's great on merch. Feel the Glow is the dumbest fucking shit to say to someone. Why should you win the title? (laughs) You ain't fucking Bruce Leroy. Like, there's no reason. (laughs) Feel, like, that's not why she... You, you, you know, you know, when like, you got that gold. <laughs> Sorry, that's my favorite I'm movie. i in the rhythm. Shine. <laughs> oh, oh. Sorry. Um, but so there's no, if someone's like, hey, why should you win the title? Feel the glow. What the fuck does that mean? Yeah. Like, that doesn't mean anything. Hal, have you ever seen The Last Dragon? I have to know. I have I've to seen know. the end of it. The, okay. You are the last dragon. You possess the power <laughs> of the glow. Happy Black History Month, you guys. That's Watch right. The Last Dragon. Happy Black History Month. <laughs> Assignment is yeah. Right. Your assignment for this week. Watch, watch my favorite movie. It's pretty great. <laughs> it's, wow. I can quote it backwards and forwards. 1985's the Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. I'm sorry, I forgot the Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon, yeah. which is a very important you based on the novel Push by Sapphire. That's funny. I always felt like Booker T should have just made his character in the show enough. I feel like that would have been so great <laughs> if he just had goons and just talked shit like that all the time. I thought, like, you know, that would have been perfect. <laughs> that would have been pretty great. Yeah. Uh, before we wrap up, let's talk about one more thing, which was uh, Randy Orton versus John Cena in match 75 of their 100-match series. Uh, Cena won after some interference from Luke Harper against his former Wyatt brethren, including a nice discus clothesline on, on Bray. <laughs> Finally broke the spell. So they just gave it away for free on TV, which means that in all likelihood we're not going to see Cena versus Orton for the title at WrestleMania. Are you excited about Bray versus Randy? Because that, that certainly the only is where thing it's going. Or sense. is it Bray versus yeah. Luke? Is that what you want to see? That's crazy. Bray versus Luke for the title? Not for the title. Batshit like, nutty. If Luke Harper figured out a way to cheat Bray out of the title. We need okay. many, many more weeks of Luke Harper being his own person again. Talk about your vineyard. Do something. I do like all the push-ups he's obviously doing, though. The man's got well-defined triceps suddenly. <laughs> that's, that's, that's pretty great. Who do you want? That's Orton what you can face? do when you're just in the back. You're like, oh, I can just change my body. Yeah. Ain't nobody me. <laughs> I'm gonna do dips. He's do just been dips. he's been doing that Randy Orton pros to mock him, and he's like, oh, that actually is defining. <laughs> oh, look at me. That's why Randy does it. Ooh, I hear voices in my head, and they're saying you look good. <laughs> do you? Who do you want Orton to face? Assume, uh, let's assume he's not facing Cena. 
Who who do you want him to face? Is it Wyatt? <sighs> For the title? Baron Corbin in his title? I feel like the only thing that makes sense is Bray, but I just don't understand how Harper fits into that. I don't know. It's it's very it's, it's a mess right now. I don't see the way forward between where we're at now and Orton being in the main event of WrestleMania. I just yeah. I'm not seeing the path yet. Me neither. Maybe yeah. it'll get clear starting after the uh, elimination chamber pot. Yeah. Elimination lane or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it. Every week there's always tons of wrestling to get through. And if we missed anything, start the conversation at facebook.com/groups/tightsfights or hit us up on Twitter. We're at tightsfights. When we come back, we're going to spotlight a wrestler who's been loved, hated, and everything in between. That's up next on Tights and Fights. The first ever Very, Very Fun Day is coming to Tally Hall in Chicago on February 11th with media sponsorship from WBEZ 91.5. Advanced tickets are sold out, but we will have a limited number of tickets for sale at the door. So come on out for a day jam-packed with five great Max Fun podcasts, four local shows, and a comic showcase. For more information, please visit MaximumFun.org slash Very, Very Fun Day. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Loveland. I'm joined in the booth by... Daniel Redford. And... Mike Eagle. Now it's time for the next installment in our series, My Special Wrestler, where we invite people on to tell us about their favorite superstar. Our next guest's choice is going to inspire a passionate response from you, regardless of how you feel about them. But that's part of what makes this wrestler so important. Let's hear it. My name is Jared Williams. I'm a comic artist based out of Georgia. And my special wrestler is definitely Triple H. I think I've always kind of loved villains and anything so much more than heroes, and Triple H is just a really good one. I am the game, and you can bet your ass I'm back. It's all about the game, and how you play it. It's all about your drive. Whether you know him as the game, the king of kings, or the head of NXT developmental, Triple H is one of the most controversial characters of WWE for both kayfabe and real-life reasons. That's something that's not lost on Jarrett Williams. I've never had a conversation with any wrestling fan to where if I shared that I like Triple H, I didn't get some eye rolls. And, and I mean, I can't help it. Like, I, you know, as a kid, you like who you like, you know, and he was just the guy you had to hate. Like, he was the ultimate villain. I've had to walk over a lot of people to get where I am. You know, if I were you, last thing I'd want to do is get my attention. You know what I mean? Who the hell do you think you are to walk into this building on my show? My show! There was a certain element of just like true evil about it. I will tear your dreams out from underneath you and I will get those tears. I loved the McMahon-Helmsley era. That was, to me, the best. And I mean, if you don't know the story of, which would never happen today, right? He had pretty much kidnapped Stephanie McMahon and like drugged her and married her. Hey, are you hey you're Triple H. Damn straight I am. Are you getting married? That's what I'm here for. Who are you married? 
the virtuous Stephanie McMahon. Oh, what? My God! Hey, get a nice shot of the brand new Mr. and Mrs. Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Then later we find out that she was in on it and they were like happily married and she was just kind of going against her dad and kind of being this rebellious daughter. You hurt me. And what's the best way that I could hurt you back? By marrying the man that you hate the most. My husband, Triple H. Hunter Hurst Helmsley. When it comes to Triple H naysayers, just know that any Triple H fan truly understands where you're coming from. <laughs> and we understand that you might think his entire career was based on who he ended up marrying and his family ties. The worst kept secret in this business. Triple H and Stephanie McMahon are actually married in real life. Wow. I sort of believe if enough people are talking, that means there's something unclean in the milk, man. Clearly, he was in tight with the right people and, and used it to his advantage, probably to the disadvantage of a lot of other people. I, having worked in corporate environments, like, I would probably hate his guts. I'm the kind of guy that takes any advantage he can get. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll manipulate anything. From a viewer standpoint, I love it. Like, I just love all of the antics. And, and I guess in a weird sort of way, I've been able to sort of focus more on the good like oh look what he's doing over here with nxt look at that that's awesome you know like i try to like <laughs> remember that you know what he's there's there's good somewhere in there there's like a lot of good <laughs> the original nxt was this sort of reality show that wwe produced every week triple h decided to take that show and transform it into our new developmental system i gave my best sales pitch at taking the show that was called nxt off of television, off of the road, and trying to make it into something more here. He had a vision that exceeded anybody's expectations of what a developmental territory could be. It's like when you see an athlete kind of transition from being on the court or field to working as a commentator or as a coach. I think it's dope. I really do miss having sort of a strong, like, visceral reaction to wrestlers like I do with Triple H. You always kind of hear wrestlers say, like, sometimes the best characters in wrestling are those who just take their normal personality and sort of, like, just turn it up a notch. It definitely makes me believe that a lot of what we saw on camera is him just turned up. I believed it. He's been consistently, like, the worst type of person you would ever be around, character-wise. You were going to step into the ring with me, not the businessman, not the COO, not the multiple-time world champion, not the game. Quite simply, just a man. A man you insulted and a man that is going to kick your ass. That's comic creator Jared Williams. He's just released the third installment of his pro wrestling comic book, Super Pro KO. It's entitled Gold for Glory. We'll have a link to where you can pick up a copy of the series on our show page at MaximumFun.org. Just speaking about Triple H for a second, I actually agree with Jarrett. The McMahon-Helmsley era, give me, like, summer of 99 when he turns heel, and they gave him that original version of his music, which is so good. Because it's like, the Marks, McMahon! Like, it's just he hates everybody. It's his time. And he's going to take what's his. 
um, which led to his title win right after SummerSlam. But give me that through his quad injury in 2001, and to me, that's the golden era of Triple H. There's no question that he had a period of time in the mid-2000s where it just felt like he buried everybody else at, uh, at the expense of keeping his title reign going. I didn't really care for Evolution that much, but I do think that because of because of that, he doesn't get the credit he deserves for NXT, and people just assume that he's always putting himself over at the expense of everybody else. I don't think that's true. What do you guys think? Yeah, there's definitely those like you know four eras of trips, you know, not counting terrorizing, obviously, <laughs> but you know that there's the the, the DX uh, one where he was constantly inviting us to suck his dick. Yep. Um, and then suck it, suck it, suck it, suck it, suck it. Come get this easy D. And then there's uh, the evil corporation. I'm married a passed out woman, Triple mm-hmm. H, and then there was the you know. In real life, I am going to take what I can out of this while I can out of this company. And now we're kind of in the, like, oh, as fun as it would be for me to be, you know, to have been The Rock or to have been any of these bigger dudes, how much more fun is it for me to get to be, like, the, you know, the fucking godfather to all of these, like, other younger people? Don't forget Blue Blood Triple H. Oh, yeah. John Paul Levesque. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. well, even before that in WCW, mm-hmm. he was That's going right. by his own name. Yeah, and he would come he out was... and he would do like the big curtsy. Yeah, and, and, he and he was with Regal for a he while. He was teaming yeah. with Regal, yeah. But yeah. like, yeah, so it's definitely, I mean, obviously I'm a bigger, I, you know, despite what you might say about how he got how he got big and and the way that a lot of people felt like he buried dudes in the locker room mm-hmm. um especially during that time when it when we were all figuring out that oh the rock is going to be the most famous man in the world and not just the most famous person on the card right um but he has done so much great work just for building up um young talent in NXT um, and just like, in, you know, so for me, that's such a big, I don't, you know, I don't know if it's like, I, I like, I like Papa Triple H. Like every time I see him and he's like holding up someone's hand because they won a thing. Right. Or he's like holding a girl while she's crying because she just like won the biggest match of her life. Or a dude while he's crying because he just won the biggest match of his life. I'm always like, oh, Papa Triple H. Yeah, he's I mean, a mentor. I, I like all that too. And, and, and I think one thing that's really great about wrestling is we end up spending so much time watching these guys develop. We watch them. I mean, like the first time I saw Triple H, he was John Paul Levesque coming out in WCW with Regal with a long blue coat on. Like, who the hell is this guy? Yeah. And you just look at these fresh faced youngins and you just can't imagine the kind of career you're going to watch unfold before your eyes and and with wrestling we spend so much time with these guys that they start to earn a place in our Mm -hmm. hearts Mm -hmm. after a while and it doesn't necessarily erase I mean he's done you know like going over Booker T that one time (laughs) bad choice man how bad was that forever you know uh, and and different things if you you know if you read the dirt sheets like I do you know there's always there's been times of him reportedly holding people down and making booking decisions and being I mean he's been involved in booking meetings way before it was ever apparent to any of us like he's always kind of been that guy Um, 
great mind it, for the business. Exactly. He, he always had a great mind for the business. He's yeah. always wanted to help. He's always wanted to learn how the business worked. And so now he's getting a chance to reshape the business and his image. I mean, it's going to be really incredible going forward to have somebody like him who is able to recognize the value of having a territory system, like a real old yep. one. Yeah. And, and getting these guys, you know, young and developing and separate television and small rooms and, and, and you know, recognizing the value of the guys on the independent scene around the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, all those moves are really awesome. And, and it does warm my heart, too, like you said, Danielle, when he comes out and has those moments with people. But I think it's fair to see both sides of the man. Right. And, and But I got to say that with however the power struggle ends up going in a company, I really do hope that he gets a chance to really and truly run with the ball. Triple H, a figure as significant in pro wrestling as he is controversial. Triple H. Triple H. <laughs> you can let us know what you think about him at facebook.com slash group slash tights fights or at tights fights on Twitter. But one thing you can unabashedly love are the three things we're going to recommend you check out after this break. That's coming up on Tights and Fights. Going into a bullseye interview, I know that it's somebody who does amazing work, but it's also a real conversation, so I don't know where it's headed. I think you just you just clarified something for me that's never been really clear before. This is the most serious I've ever been in my life. You've made me completely serious. <laughs> I feel like I'm in therapy. <laughs> bullseye, creators you know, creators you need to know. Find it at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin, and I'm joined today by... Daniel Radford. And... Mike Eagle. Every week we like to end the show by sharing some of the joy of pro wrestling with you. This is the three count. Ring the damn bell. Ring the damn bell. Goddamn, pal. Danielle, you're up first. What do you want to put over? Okay, I'm putting over two quickie quickie things. Because I don't really have audio for either. So the yeah. first thing I'm going to put over. Um, so Sami Zayn did an ESPN.com interview um, where, if you follow him on Twitter, he's had some things to say about the Muslim ban. Um, he's a Muslim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. he's uh, he's Arab um, from Canada. And so um, he, I'm going to just say like this quick thing that he said. Um, it's definitely a sensitive topic to discuss, but I have felt since I signed with the WWE, I was in a unique position to reestablish how Arabs were perceived in the WWE and Western media. Ever since I was a kid and growing up watching things like the Naked Gun movies, there was always a stereotype about how Arabs were perceived and portrayed. I never watched those Arab villains in the movie and felt like that was me. They were nothing like me. And now I get to just be me. And hopefully being me strikes a chord with a lot of young Arabs and non-Arabs, honestly. We're really not all that different. And then he says a bunch of other stuff. Of course, now I'm thinking about, like, every Arab stereotype in WWE skanking yeah. on their way down to the ring. Um, but anyway, it's a great I interview. skanking with those Persian clubs. <laughs> it's a great interview, Sorry. and you should read it. And I just think that it's commendable considering... Um, Linda and all that other stuff that Sammy's like, nah, like I got the mic. I'm going to use it for something like important. I think that's dope. And then uh, just to kind of lighten it up a little bit, I also want to put over, and I swear I'm not getting paid for this, guys. It's just like a really fun thing, um, but it's free, so that's fine. Um, 
I'm playing a lot of that WWE Champions game. It's kind of like Super Puzzle Fighter, where you break the gems and then you break a dude's face. Do you actually fight other people online or how? You can, yeah. yeah okay. Once you get up to level five, you can start like fighting dudes. So for right now, you just it's you versus computer. The it's me versus computer. I haven't done any of the verses yet. Okay. Um, I got pride. I don't want to. I want to get real. I want to get real beefed up before I start getting. I'm gonna have to get down. I'm gonna have to get down. It's with it. so yeah, much yeah. fun. There's there's a tights and fights faction that some of the dudes um, online um, on our online group did, and oh, I, I like. I can't wait to turn yeah. heel on them. Oh my <laughs> god! I joined amazing. it. I think you can only like give health packs and stuff, and then oh, no, someone... just you wait. I'll figure out a way. <laughs> <laughs> I gave you a chair shot. You're just gonna hear that. <laughs> so yeah, those are the two things I'm putting over. Um, Sami Zayn being um, a responsible, awesome person with the voice that he has in the world, um, and a video game that didn't pay me any money to talk about it. All right. Mike? Man, um, I always get really excited this time of year when they start rolling out the Hall of Fame announcements, and I just wanted to shout out how much my heart was warmed by the fact that WWE was announcing that they're putting the Rock and Roll Express yes! into the Hall of Fame. Uh, there's not too many more deserving tag teams around than them uh they'd been in every company in every territory all of the national territories in the history of the business at least since um since the 80s on and um you know they just set the table for so much like the rockers and everything going forward and ricky morton just being one of the best sellers of all time just yeah. get anybody into a match anywhere just by making everybody's offense look just absolutely lethal and giving robert gibson that hot tag and them starting to clean house and uh, it's just not often that they really give that sort of shine to people who never had a significant run in the wwf or e in the 80s mm -hmm. so um yeah just applause to that congrats to those guys I know it's going to mean a lot for them and enjoy those Legends contracts, man. Yeah. Yeah. Two young men that really Ooh. create excitement. Here they come. Here they go. Robert Gibson and Rick Morton. The Rick sensational tag team of the 80s. From Memphis, Tennessee. The Rock the Roll Express. We're not here to play, baby. We are here to stay. We look like failed people from the Jump Street program. <laughs> They're like, we're high schoolers like you. <laughs> Ignore all this chest hair. Yeah, ignore it. We're we're kids. I don't have I don't I don't have a wife and a mortgage. I just like to have fun. I like rocking and roll. It's my favorite music. Look at all these belts I'm wearing. You can tell. Uh, I want to put over. Look, the Royal Rumble was almost two weeks ago at this point, and we spoke about Ty Dillinger coming out at number ten, and now that's the best slot for him, and it was a nice big pop. Uh, but on NXT last Wednesday, they did a whole segment on that, a whole video segment, where they talked to him before and after. Mm -hmm. And I, I want to focus on on the moment after, where they talked to him just as he had come out of the ring. And I know that so much of it, it is a show, but it is great to be reminded that these people, no matter what we think of them, how much they love what they do and how big of a deal it is, to come in to the Royal Rumble even for a few minutes. Mm -hmm. So let's listen to that clip. You know, as I'm still kind of beat myself over the head about the loss to Eric Young, all of a sudden I find myself at number 10 in the Royal Rumble in front of 50,000 plus people. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, this is still kind of surreal to me. It hasn't sunk in that it's happened. It's, I just, when they write the history books, my name's in there. And that means the most to me. 
Congratulations, Ty Dillinger. I hope that is the first of many moments you have on the WWE main roster. Mm. That does it for Tights and Fights. We are a podcast on the Maximum Fun Network. Maximum Fun. Our hosts are Daniel Radford and Mike Eagle, along with me, Hal Loveland. Our producer in Silence Behind the Violence is Julian Burrell. Senior producer at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music as well, so we're putting him over for that. Keep up with us all week long at Facebook.com slash group slash tightsfights and at tightsfights on Twitter. And if you love the show, remember to hit those five stars on iTunes and share us with all your friends. We'll be back next week for even more, you guessed it, wrestling. Tights and Fights Podcast. Tights and Fights. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.